Welcome to What Now? I'm Michelle Reeves, your host of this weekly podcast that connects you to the world's most innovative brands, CEOs, and founders. I've spent the past 20 years working with global brands in sports, fashion, entertainment, and tech. From the intense energy of the field at Super Bowl to the glamour and chaos backstage at New York Fashion Week. Look, I'm the person who wants to see what really happens inside our favorite brands and businesses, and that I want to know how things are made and find out if there's a better way to make them. Today, I'm talking to someone who sits at the center of the current Web3 revolution. I'm joined by Kayla Santos, head of brand marketing at MoonPay, one of the industry's most talked about and today most Googled companies. Welcome to the show, Kayla. It's great to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I feel so grateful to have met you in LA this past November. Oh, Web3 is where dreams and new friendships of the future are made. Absolutely. So Kayla, you have a really deep background in building brands and communities across sports, beverage, and now of course in crypto and Web3. You began at Under Armour and then you were selected for the Adweek mentorship program in 2020, which feels like a billion years ago, doesn't it? Uh, and then you headed over to AB InBev to work on Budweiser's global marketing team. From this point, you have a really unusual adventure. Can you share what happened around this time? Yeah, of course. Um, so it was April 2021, also feels like forever ago, yet so close. And Clubhouse, everyone was on Clubhouse. And I'm the type of person who overcommits myself. So I was like, let me learn one thing on Clubhouse. And as a brand marketer, it was how are NFTs going to become important as a brand marketer to engage consumers in a whole new way? And so from there, you know, I'd been a few months into my new role at AB InBev on Budweiser's global marketing team. And Web3 was not part of my job scope, but I heard that our good friend Gary V was connecting with AB InBev to launch Budweiser into Web3. So I raised my hand to be on that project team. And so it was a bit extracurricular, but I also was like, the best way to learn is just to dive in. And Bear.eth and a few collections later fell in love with Web3 and decided I want to take this personal passion and make it professional, um, which is quite odd for me. I usually try to compartmentalize each thing. Um, and I wanted to really like dive into being able to be at a company that has both a B2B and B2C connection. And so MoonPay really fit that bill. And so I also revived my Twitter after six years. It's just such a like Web3 thing to do. Um, the, a lot of the community is there. And so I saw the hiring manager at the time post the role had a brand marketing and I took a little unconventional route. I decided to DM the hiring manager with a smooth elevator pitch. And it must have been a winning pitch because here I am um, about a year, year and a month later, leading brand marketing for MoonPay. Okay, that truly must have been a pretty sweet DM. Do you remember what was in that pitch? I do. Uh, I have a screenshot on my phone. I think I basically took each journey from Under Armour to Budweiser to, you know, how I've been dabbling in the space both personally and then now professionally with Budweiser and put it into one beautiful, quick elevator pitch. Totally nailed it. I can't wait for that to become its own NFT for the future of remarkable hires during the beginning of this era. A great reminder too, for, for those who are thinking Twitter is dead, it's 100% not. It's actually the opposite. Whether you call it a revival or just 
finally people are seeing, you know, what it's capable of doing through its power of connection. Twitter is where I think some of the strongest relationships are being built for brands to collaborate, for artists to connect and for people to get jobs. Absolutely. That's how I discovered Amber Victoria and some of our other artists and residents like Malia. Um, it really is a great source to understand who are the creators in the space creating and building their own audiences and communities on social platforms like Twitter. Absolutely. And and to your point, you mentioned Amber Vittoria and Maliha. You've been at the head launching these kinds of artists in residence programs for artists like uh, Amber and Maliha. Um, you developed the History Makers campaign. You were partnering with big brands like Allo Yoga and creating first of its kind initiatives within the Web3 space. Uh, you've teamed up with other brands in Web3 like BFF. I can't wait to dive into so much more of what you're working on because MoonPay itself is huge and then your role within it is almost like its own life form taking shape because you're doing things that have never been done before. Yeah, absolutely. And I think community has always been the core to everything I've done. So my career at Under Armour helped build the first roster of trainers, had always had a roster of athletes, but how do we dive into those more micro influencer trainers in the, their communities at Budweiser, you know, started a community of emerging artists. And so naturally my next evolution was what are the communities to engage with at MoonPay? And that is really creators. And that is how the Artists in Residence program was born. So let's take a step back because there's a lot to dive into with the role that you have and the work you're doing. Um, so, you know, MoonPay, MoonPay itself, it's extraordinary, has raised over $500 million and today has a valuation of about $3.4 billion. And as a reminder, this company is only four years old. So it is well on its way to what we would call going to the moon in Web3. Obviously, the founding team knew exactly what they were doing when they started this uh, with a name like MoonPay. You are, in fact, the world's leading Web3 infrastructure company. You're providing end-to-end -end solutions for payments, enterprise-scale digital asset and smart contracts minting. And you have, of course, world-class design. Every top brand, luxury brand, uh, wants to be a part of the MoonPay family and portfolio in some way. You have worked with iconic brands like Puma, Aloe, Nike, Condé Nast. Look, the whole world loves MoonPay. If they're coming into Web3, they're finding a way to get into MoonPay first. What is that like, you know, when you think back to your first days at MoonPay, to where you are today, are you seeing a lot more brands not just be curious, but actually ready to pull the trigger and say, yes, help us. And how do we do it? Absolutely. Um, we've really evolved. So MoonPay, Pay is our bread and butter, really providing crypto on and off ramps um, to Web3 native companies and enterprises. And so the next evolution is natural. We know loyalty and membership will become the future um, for how we're truly engaging with consumers. And so I think because of that, you know, we've had some strong um, inaugural partners like Allo Yoga and other brands have seen that success of to some level it's experimentation, but it's very calculated experimentation in terms of Allo Yoga knows their community best. They know that when they have this type of experience, it only strengthens. And so I think that the use cases and showing them are bringing not only everyday consumers into the fold, but also other large brands. So I'm in this business with you. We bump into each other at events and in Zooms and Twitter spaces all the time. But for those who are not living and breathing here, 
what is MoonPay today? You know, like let's say for example, it's just it's July Fourth weekend. You're gathered around the barbecue with your friends and family, and everyone knows that you're the person in their circle who does this Web three thing. How do you describe MoonPay to them? Yeah, so I kind of describe it in three stages. So. At its base, you can use MoonPay to purchase crypto with your debit or credit card. We then evolved to be able to enable purchase of NFTs or digital collectibles with your card. So not having to have crypto ahead of time, you just use your card to transact. And now where we're evolving is really having that end-to-end -end solution. So whether it is strategy, ideation with our agency, Other Life to help build that Web3 strategy for brands, or the end-to-end -end infrastructure of minting, smart contracts, et cetera, that's where you can start to see it come full circle of anything you really need from a technology perspective, MoonPay is able to provide for different types of audiences. We're truly a B2B2C set of audience, but you can start to pair those out of saying, if a creator needs to you know, start their own smart contract, we can enable that. If a brand needs to create their entire end-to-end -end strategy, we can enable that. Or if your everyday consumer just wants to buy crypto or NFTs, we also can enable that. Well, I hope that you're enjoying those barbecues and getting ready to say that because I'm pretty sure you're going to be asked this at least 100 times over the next 100 yes. days. 100%. My family is and friends, they're very, very supportive. But I think their actual question would be, Kayla, you're at Under Armour. You're at Budweiser. Why are you going to this unchartered territory? And to them, I, I think like my career is coming really full circle, right? Because I've been able to engage in other industries, but now I can engage with multiple industries to really help drive a more clear consumer journey and engage consumers like never before. And that's a really special place to be. I'm really excited about the future. I think it's a really good point that in those other experiences of your career, they're very specific, you know, sports and apparel and alcoholic beverages and, and, and things like that. Whereas Web3, it doesn't feel like it's this one category to me. It always feels like it's this glue. It's this liquid form that brings all of these worlds together. And then you get to really very artistically create new business models and strategies for how different brands can use this glue, MoonPay, and Web3 to the best of their ability. I always think of like, what is one huge opportunity for not only MoonPay, but other Web3 enterprises? It's just connecting our ecosystems together. So we have hundreds of hundreds of partners and we're every day seeing where there's synergy, where we can connect the dots to above all else, really show use cases. Rather than telling a consumer or even a brand what the possibilities of Web3 are, we need to show them um, what the possibilities are through these real use cases of humans humanizing what we're doing, humans using this technology. And I think where we win is when that technology becomes invisible in the background. Absolutely. You mentioned you have hundreds of partners. You also have a lot of investors of which... 60 or so are celebrity investors that I think are really interesting to kind of note because I'm always curious what excites people about uncharted territory. And, you know, when you've got an investor cap table with people like Drake, Ashton Kutcher, Justin Bieber, even Bruce Willis, Paris Hilton, uh, it's really interesting to see like, what is that common thread that's brought them together? And I have to assume it's this, this excitement to be at the frontier of something new you know, what do you think MoonPay did in those early years 
to excite so many people from the investors to your brand partners? Yeah, I think it all comes down to we were lowering the bar and we still are lowering the barrier to entry. We're making it easier for people to enter the world of crypto and Web3. Our mission is to onboard the world and everything we do goes back to that mission. I also think there's this element of familiarity. When people see familiar faces um, transacting with a certain brand or using a certain brand's products, they're more apt to be using it themselves. That's just the power of influence and the, the nature of social media that we're in today. What would be some of the biggest challenges that you face in your role? You've got this tidal wave of excitement. You've got this middle ground of curiosity. On the flip side, what are the challenges that you are dealing with in its current state, where the industry is and where MoonPay is? Yeah, honestly, because the industry is changing so fast, it's really been the speed and agility. In a more traditional marketing sense, I come from retail and beer where the go-to-market timelines were a lot longer. Now, due to our speed to market, it's a matter of weeks. However, though that might be a challenge, I see it as a huge opportunity because we are able to pivot at the speed of the consumer. Instead, in your more traditional brand marketing sense, usually your marketing plans are locked in like at least six months in advance. And there's room to pivot, but not truly pivot to like live consumer feedback and what they want and need. It's true. The pipeline in traditional business and commerce requires all this infrastructure that's physical or it's set and it's really heavy and clunky to make those pivots and changes without totally reshaping the department, the team, the business itself. You guys can read the market and move. What are some of the initiatives that may surprise people that you're working on? Yeah, I wouldn't call it an initiative per se, but as I mentioned before, Though my title is brand marketing and our team is brand marketing, we very much so are supporting the product team for go-to-markets of product. And this is something I always love to say because a lot of times people will say like brand and product marketing are, you know, they are different, but they work really well when they're interconnected. And stay with me on an analogy. My analogy like that I like to give, I used to play the violin, so this is appropriate. You have an orchestra and you have a conductor and the conductor represents brand marketing because they are steering the direction of the look and tone and feel of the orchestra. They're a trustworthy figure for the orchestra. And then you have the orchestra and the instruments. The orchestra is the product marketing and the instruments are the products that they're actually marketing that are all diverse, right? You have your violin, violin your viola, your cello, your bass, etc. And so the orchestra is really representing the features and benefits of the product. And so when those two come together, the conductor and the orchestra, you have a beautiful, beautiful symphony, which to me reflects the output of good product and brand marketing together which ends up being a seamless consumer journey. So when you have a seamless journey, things are going great. What happens though when it's not so seamless? Like what would you tell your clients or brand partners who are maybe curious and thinking about getting into the space, something that they should and something that they should not do if they're going to add Web3 into their marketing arsenal? Yes, so I think it starts from the onset of a brand wishing to get into Web3. The first thing that I would tell them not to do is don't do it just for the headline. You want to be able to make sure you're building something that's authentic to your consumer. I also would say what to do is build a Web3 strategy 
based on a consumer problem. That's like marketing 101, right? A part of your marketing mix, you're usually having strategies that are solving consumer problems. Nothing should change from those strategies. It's just the vehicle in which you are deploying it, which is via blockchain technology. I think um, authenticity is key here. And that is one of the major things we say to brands is you need to be authentic. You also need to make sure you have the time and resources to build a long-term plan. This should not be just a short-term marketing campaign. So I love that you touched on that because I think right now we are all enamored by the magical powers of Web3. And so you're reminder that there needs to be a solution that you are providing to a problem that you have identified. Otherwise, we kind of find ourselves back, and I love this kind of story since your background definitely was in beer, but if you go back to the early days of the iPhone and having apps, there was the beer app, and it was the number one downloaded app for like two years, and all it did was it put like a beer, an icon, a picture of a beer in your hand as you moved your hand up to your face. It didn't do anything. It got headlines. Everyone thought it was cool. There was no problem being fixed with the beer app. And so despite having headlines for two years, it quickly disappeared. It went into the ether and it did nothing. And I think it's a good reminder of just because it's cool doesn't make it actually valuable all the time. Sneakers are a different thing. Cool sneakers, always valuable. But when it comes to technology, it needs to do more than that. It needs to, there needs to be a lift of some sort. And sometimes it's the most simple ideas. Um, we start to go complex first, but sometimes it's the most simple ideas that we can lean in on that really provide those real life use cases. What are some examples then that you think of in this current phase that keeps consumers engaged or excited? Yeah, I love the idea of um, digital authenticity. So I know Angelique was also on this podcast and probably dove into it, but Allo Yoga with their Aspen collection, they provided these digital certificates of authenticity. And that's really important because when you think of like luxury goods, there's no way really for luxury brands to track who their like secondary consumer is. They really just have the primary. So it's beautiful now that the blockchain could provide for all luxury goods, this digital certificate of authenticity that not only provides that proof, but also starts building this community of all of your consumers, whether they're your first consumers that purchase right at retail or your secondary consumers. So I love that use case. I think that one's really strong um, and makes a lot of sense in the world. And then I also think verified fandom is something I'm really excited about too, which uh, I think we can touch on in like the what now, what are you most excited about portion? Oh, well, let's dive into that right now. Cause you said fandom and I'm in my background is sports. I like, yes, let's go. Sure. So what am I most excited about for the next, let's call it two, three years, verified fandom. So the first portion of that is verifying that humans that are transacting or being a part of your community are actually humans. Like that's super, super important, especially with AI about us, like verifying humans rather than bots, extremely important. And so the fandom portion comes where now people that are the biggest fans of certain sports teams, certain music artists, certain beauty fans, they can be a part of the brand in a more meaningful way than ever and be rewarded for their fandom, not just promotional discounts, but now it's like experiences, um, having a seat at the table in product development, having a seat at the table in anything early, getting sneak behind the curtain. There's something just so powerful about that. And I personally can't wait to be a verified fan of all of the things that I love. 
This is so, so close to, I think, anyone who works for a brand, it works to your your core business heart because you spend so much time filling your funnel, trying to gain new eyeballs, email addresses, followers, whatever it is, but the quality of it is constantly diluted because of things like AI, bots, um, fake followers. It's hard to know what's real, what's not. And I think that this idea of verification of Step one, are you human? Are you really a fan? Do you belong in the space? Is going to be a really important KPI moving forward. And as we think about those KPIs, what are the ones that you are most, you know, your your attention is on that, that drives success in your business? Sure. So macro level as a business, of course, we want to be making our money, driving revenue, um, as well as building product that benefits our consumers. But from a marketing perspective, interestingly enough, a key KPI is actually brand sentiment. And to me, brand sentiment, that triggers the fact that we are building the trust and loyalty of our consumers. Um, and it's been interesting to track that KPI over the past year because fortunately, in times when there's negative sentiment of the macro environment, Moonpay has actually been tracking positively. So turning either negative or neutral sentiment into positive sentiment. That has also happened when we've had some bad actors in the space. Moonpay has been able to shift our sentiment into positive sentiment. I think that all comes down to being at the right time, right place, right message. Um, and so when there have been, you know, ebbs and flows in the market, we've been able to make sure our brand marketing activity is where it should be to drive that positive brand sentiment. I mean, in this market, if you can not only stay afloat, but turn that neutrality into positive, I can only imagine where this goes when the market heats up, when the capabilities are alight. And when things like you just talked about in sports, you know, I think that's such a great reminder of like fandom, when it's providing real value to people through their everyday behaviors. I can't wait to see this out of galactic rebrand of MoonPay to be some kind of like solar system extravaganza. I mean, <laughs> it really is, I think, very forward thinking how your team has approached this business. The options are endless. Very excited for the future and what we're building. Oh, absolutely. I'm excited. I feel like with all of these shows that I do, you know, one of the questions I have is, you know, what do you recommend people, you know, do or research or listen to? And part of me is like, actually, no, where do I send my resume? How do I get a job on the Kayla Santos team? Because this is too exciting to like not be a part of. Yes. I mean, if we're going into that, like job in Web3, I get that question a lot, like Web3 in general. How would you set yourself up to be able to transition to this new space? A lot of people think they need a ton of experience and you're like, the market itself has been around for like two to three years minus crypto, which we know has a longer timeline. But like no one's truly an expert because the space keeps changing. We're all learning together, which I think is really beautiful. And my biggest piece of advice for, to someone looking to get a job in Web3 and at MoonPay is be your own consumer, learn, uh, dive in, set up your crypto wallet, buy an NFT, become a part of Web3 communities, go to events in your local city. As the beautiful part about Web3 is we're so community-based. So become a part of the community and naturally you'll be able to see, okay, how does my current skill set in let's call it Web2 truly apply to Web3? And I also think like having a deep brand background as a marketer has also helped when we are engaging future brands to work with MoonPay. 
Well, and even your own experience too, you know, finding the new opportunities in unlikely places like Twitter DMs um, and to not have this homogenous requirement that everyone has to have the same education, the same experience professionally to bring this wide scope of diverse perspective and learning, I would imagine only fuels your unique value even more to brands and companies like MoonPay. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I love is there's no one size fits all. Um, Everyone is kind of creating their own future in this space. And so all ideas, all perspectives are fair game right now. True. And like jobs that will be important jobs next year don't exist today. So literally writing your own job description, coming to brands and saying, hey, I see this opportunity. I see this gap. I can fill it with this. That's got to be a huge opportunity for the right people. 100%. So what do you like in the industry and what are things that you're not feeling so great about? I really like, I speak about community a lot. It's just like a huge passion point of mine. I really love A, the Web3 community, but B, how brands can foster this new sense of community with people that used to just be a transaction. You can now have a transformative experience with. And so let me go back to Web3 community. Uh, Believe it or not, I kind of consider myself an ambivert. Um, And so when I go to these Web3 events, I actually feel really, really comfortable going to events alone because I know I'm either going to run into a familiar face or I'm going to meet someone who just wants to dive in and learn about all the things we're doing in Web3 because we're continually learning from each other. And that has been really transformational for me, like in terms of industry events and feeling this connection to community. And I think that's what's beautiful about having a career in Web3 or if you're just interested. Okay, that's a really big challenge for a lot of people to go to these events, which are really exciting, but also intimidating. Do you have any tips for people? They turn up to a VCon or an NFT NYC or some other local event. What would be some of those pointers you would give to like go up to someone and be alone and start making those connections? Yes. So the common place is most people are either have a profession in Web3 or interested. So that's like automatically a common talking point. And so what I've always done has been like, no matter how uncomfortable I am, go up to someone, introduce myself. Hi, I'm Kayla. And then usually, what are you working on? Because most people love talking about what they're working on Web3 because it's also interesting, um, somewhat different. A lot of times there's many different things. I, When I was at South by Southwest, I met someone who was working on digital fashion. And that was the first time I've had like a really, really um, intense conversation about digital fashion. So, I would say we are not super ingrained in digital fashion. Yes, we are definitely working with a lot of fashion brands, but that to me is like more of the metaverse side of things. So you can see kind of these adjacencies and be able to ideate together because though it was digital fashion, I was like, oh, we should connect these people and that person and this company with this company. And now like the wheels just keep turning when you're at these in-person events of how can we really keep collaborating together because we're all trying to build this. So you're a total pro at this. I remember back in my days at IMG, IMG is a big sports agency, entertainment, you name it. And we would have these kind of training sessions. This is, I'm talking 20 years ago, training sessions on how to network. And they would always talk about the biggest mistakes people make is they walk into a room and they think, what can I get? What can I get out of this room? 
the way to network is to understand what can you learn. And so the fact that your first go-to is, hey, my name is Kayla, what are you working on? Making it about the other person, finding out what you can learn is the most effective way to A, make a friend, B, actually find something valuable to talk about and C, figure out how you can get your get later with the dots that actually make sense. There's no way you're gonna have this genius idea over a two and a half minute cocktail in the corner of a crowded room. Like you're not gonna get the business done there. Your goal in networking is to learn and see who the right people are to be in your space. And not everyone will be, but those who are, you'll know. Absolutely. I, I totally feel that and love, love that about Web3. Yeah, I mean, you're a pro. You've, you've nailed it. You can start your own podcast now, how to network with Kayla. The future of Web3 rests in her hands. It's going to be great. Uh, all right. So what you knew what my quote unquote pickup line was when I met you in L.A.? I don't know if it was what you were working on. I think we were playing carnival games and you were just mastering your craft of carnival games. <laughs> I think you're right. I think it was highly ineloquent. And we, my co-founder and I were hunched over some really fun carnival games at the Santa Monica Pier. It was at Paris Hilton's 11-11 media launch event, surrounded by all kinds of music and fun and I think even like cotton candy. <laughs> and, yeah. and that's where our love story began. The rest is history. <laughs> it is. So there's a lot happening in the space. What are some of the innovation trends that you see ahead for 2023? Sure. So this is me in my head ideating, but AI and Web3 are often put against each other when I really think they're a force together. And so one of the things I've been thinking about is how do you take blockchain technology in terms of understanding a consumer preference through the tokens in their unique identifier, which is the crypto wallet? So how do you use that, understand what they're interested in, and marry that with AI through paid marketing? And so as we know, consumer acquisition costs are rising. We also know Social media is very algorithmic based, but the content you're seeing based on your interests is not made for you. It's made for people like you. So what if we take this unique identifier and we have the AI portion create custom content that is very, very specific to your interests? And so the example I can give is, say you like Marriott, you like Peloton, you like the Patriots football team. What if Marriott can use your blockchain data and AI to create a paid advertisement for you that shows you what it would be like if you walked into your Marriott room, there was a Peloton waiting for you. Oh, and it happened to be specifically during the weekend that the Patriots are playing the Miami Dolphins in Miami. And now you start to see how you can paint a picture for a consumer that is very individualized instead of just based on these like very high level consumer sets. Mind blown. That is exactly the kind of thinking that just jolts me out of bed, excited every day to speak to people like yourself, to see what is possible, to dream these things that sound so far away and know that they're actually within reach. It's just bringing them all together. And again, like brands like MoonPay, people like Kayla, 
of the glue that makes that happen. I don't know how far the future is to that, but that is me in my mind racing as I'm trying to go to bed at night, piecing together AI and Web3. It's going to happen. And I can't wait when it does. Um, we should NFT this moment so that you get a royalty for that genius idea as it comes. You've got some ownership claim to that. Make it happen. Love it. Okay, Kayla, I love connecting people. One of the things I like to do every episode is bring in another guest, someone from my community of listeners or someone I may already know through previous events, and they have submitted questions to ask my podcast guests, which is you, uh, their own question on the show. Are you game for this? Always. Let's do it. All right. Kayla, please meet Grant Friedman. Grant is the director of the private client desk for CoinCloud. He works with high net worth individuals, setting up digital wallets, onboarding, managing trades. He specializes in high value trades, usually over 25K. Nice to have friends in this business. And has facilitated over 12.5 million in trades for some of the biggest names in the world. Grant, so great to have you. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Michelle. Absolutely. So Grant, please meet Kayla. Kayla, please meet Grant. Nice Great to meet you, Kayla. And I have a lot of respect for MoonPay and uh, all that you guys have uh, done for the space. Thanks so much. Can't wait to tell you more. So I've, I've noticed, Kayla, that MoonPay has done an amazing job of growing even throughout sort of the crypto downturn or uh, crypto winter, as we call it. And I just want to know how you guys have continued to grow and what pivots you've made and, and amazing changes uh, to scale during this time. Yeah. So it's really been all about focusing and putting our heads down and building. Um, it's no ordinary May here at MoonPay. I like to say it's MoonPay May because we have been shipping product weekly. The product team has done such an amazing job of understanding what the consumers on both the B2B and B2C side need and shipping product for those needs. And from a marketing perspective, we've been supporting along the way to ensure these launches are catered to the audience in which we're trying to reach, being really strategic about our marketing distribution channels. Um, I'm really proud we've launched the MoonPay app. That's a most recent product that is getting us into the more retail direct consumer space. And there's a lot more to come there. So I've actually, I've noticed the new sort of wallet product and how it's sort of, it's a kind of an all-encompassing product. You can take your, you know, your Exodus wallet, you can upload it, you can take your trust wallet, you can upload it. Uh, I think that's really cool. It's kind of the first I've seen of that, of that type. Yeah, and that was intentional. So we have hundreds of partners, a lot of exchanges, a lot of wallets in our ecosystem. And we really, really wanted to cater to them as well as the consumer that wants one-stop shop, one view, all of their wallets in one place. We just launched a new feature called Wallet Cards. I'm sure you saw that was part of the MoonPay app. And that is just really to customize your experience so that you no longer need to be Going across different apps, the MoonPay app has it all there, and you're able to transact with the exchange that you'd like to, of course, using MoonPay. No, that, that's amazing, Kayla. No, it was very, very well done by the team and uh, excited to uh, obviously try it out. Amazing. Glad you're trying it out and let us know what you think. There's always room for improvement. Kayla, thank you so much. It has been wonderful to have you on this show. I cannot wait to bump into you again at one of our many Web3 events in the future. Where can our listeners follow you and MoonPay? So Twitter, at MoonPay. My personal Twitter is K-A-Y-S-A-N-T-33. K-Sant, 
33. And LinkedIn is a great place for me as well. My Instagram is still my sacred home personally, but maybe that will change one day. Fantastic. I'm, I'm guessing DMs are open on Twitter. Absolutely. Feel free to reach out. Always glad to meet new people. Fantastic. Well, thank you to our listeners. Time is your most valuable asset, and I appreciate you sharing your time with us today. If you'd like to join me on a future episode, go online to michellejreeves.com and submit your question for an upcoming podcast guest. One person will be chosen to join me and you'll be able to ask your question, just like Grant did, directly to our guest. You can follow me at Michelle J. Reeves on Instagram and Twitter. Have a great week. Look out for the next episode dropping soon. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.